Many times throughout scripture, we see this idea of imaging or being an image bearer. We see it as early as Genesis referring to mankind, and we continue to see it into the New Testament when talking even about Christ. Join us for this podcast as we discuss what exactly is an image bearer and what bearing does that have on you and I. Know the Word is a McGregor podcast that offers a relevant and refreshing focus on understanding and applying God's Word to your life. We'll discuss life-changing truths of biblical faith that comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Amen. I'm your host, Nathan Bottomley, and joining me today is NBC's lead pastor, Russell Howard. Join us as we open the Bible so we can know the Word. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Russell, for being here. I'm glad to be here. I'm very, uh, very privileged to sit across the table from oh. you and have this uh, discussion. Well, we get to talk about the Word of God, and that's a that's a good thing always. Absolutely, and I am at least as privileged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Pastor Russell, out of the Know the Word workshop came this idea in one of the sessions that there are allusions all throughout Colossians. Yeah. Uh, that when we understand them in light of understanding them in the Old Testament, we can have a better understanding of what's going on in Colossians. We talked in our first episode about what an illusion is, and then we also laid out that there are about five that we spent time on during the workshop that we can find in Colossians. Uh, So the last time we talked about the temple and how there's a lot of language in Colossians that alludes to uh, the temple and its fullness, and the idea that Christians ought to live their lives uh, spirit-filled so as to build up the new temple, the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, well, it seems you've been tasked with this idea of imaging or image-bearing. Uh, so to start us off, can you define for myself and our listeners, yeah. what is an image? What do we mean when we say image-bearing? Okay. What's going on? The um, the neat thing is, this is one of those moments, particularly in the New Testament vocabulary, that the connection between New Testament Greek and modern English usage gives us a hint slash illustration. It's not precise, but it can it can start our thinking. Um, the Greek word that sits underneath the English word image that occurs a couple times in Colossians is the Greek word icon. Um, And most of us, I see that you're sitting there with your your computer in front of you, and uh, most of us who work in uh, computers are accustomed to those those tiny little squares on our screen. Um, I don't know how many lines of code it takes to make Microsoft Excel work. I suspect millions. <laughs> and yet on my screen, I have a blue W in a box. And I double click that icon. And the universe of Microsoft Word was there in that icon the whole time. That ain't half bad as a beginning point of, of, of how the, the image is being used that there is a tremendous reality, an almost incomprehensibly deep, well, not almost, an incomprehensible, enormous, infinite reality that is brought down to 
a comprehensible scale in the image of God in Christ. He is the icon. Now, again, like all metaphors, that one will break down if you make it go too far, but it's not a half bad starting place. It is a comprehensible and contemplatable reality of something that in its ultimate expression is way, way bigger and way, way more complex. Gotcha. That's a good definition. <laughs> well, it's 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 icon. It's it's the Greek word. And again, the good news is we we use them most of us every day. Um, in, and and hopefully that gives us a gives us a little bit of a mental hook. Yeah, absolutely. So pivoting back to you know we spent the workshop looking at Colossians specifically. Yeah. Where then in Colossians do we begin to see this idea of image or image bearing or dare I say icon? Where, where yeah. do we find that in Colossians? Well, two different places used two different ways. And, and I, I love that we have expressed that these, these allusions are, they're absolutely there. That's undeniable. And they are extraordinarily beneficial. Um, it, is, it is interesting to contemplate Paul's use of allusion Cause, and this is going to sound real, real prosaic, real, real earthy. <laughs> um, you and I would agree, and I suspect most of our listeners, that, that the Bible's God's word, that, that God has given the, the words to the authors that have been preserved in for us. Indeed. Um, however, we would also agree, and this is, I said however, so it's a contradiction. Additionally, we would agree that God used the instrumentality of the human authors. Paul writes like Paul. He thinks like Paul, yep. even as he is creating this, this letter to be circulated, starting with the church at Colossae and to the other churches in the region. Paul, oh, yeah, I'll put it plainly. Paul can't help himself, Nathan. Right. His entire background, his entire education, all of the groundwork of his theological thinking is in this Top flight Ivy League Pharisaic school of Gamaliel in which he was raised and educated. Right. He just can't help himself. And so these these Old Testament allusions and references just bleed through him because it's who he is. There's no question that they are there. Right. Um, and and he he absolutely has in mind when he speaks of of the image of God being visible most perfectly in Christ. There's no doubt he has the early, the, the early part of the Old Testament, the creation narrative. What he doesn't have in mind, and, and you and I have talked about this, that image in the Old Testament, really there are two different streams of thought. Right. Uh, that the image of God is found in man very early in, in the creation narrative that comes up, and it comes up repeatedly. And later, when, when men start uh, expressing their sinfulness, these these humans who bear the image of God start themselves wanting to create, ironically, images they call God, graven images and idols, and God forbids that. And much of the Old Testament's use of image is a prohibition. Don't go out there thinking you can create images of the one in whose image you were created. Right. Um, so... <clears throat> Gotcha. But in the in the book of Colossians, it flows uh, in in one fifteen. 
Yep. It's an affirmation of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, some have taken that to mean that he's created. Right. That of all the created things, he was created first. Well, that's ridiculous. And if it's you're a bad oh, Christology, yeah, it's bad Christology. It's a, <laughs> a hello Watchtower Society. Right. But um, he is in the position of prominence and importance in creation. Right. Like the firstborn is in a family. Right. Is, is the idea. Yep. Um, and in that, he he brings into the realm of the created the comprehensible scale of createdness right. while himself being entirely God. Right. Um, yeah. And then the word is used one at a time in Colossians in chapter three. Again, it's speaking of, of the image of God. Um, but in this case, it is our growth into the realized image um, of, of God in us as redeemed created beings growing into a more accurate reflection of the image of Christ. It's a similar sentiment as expressed in Romans, Romans 8, 29, right. that, that we are growing into the image of our creator. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Well, so to follow that up, I know you, you began to talk about, we see it in the Old Testament as well. Do you have some like specific references where we can yeah, find yeah, uh, this idea of image, image bearing? All the, the way Old back, Testament? Genesis. Um, uh, my Bible today is, not only is it analog, it's paper. <laughs> um, it's the way to do it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> On the seventh creative day, um, verse 28 of Genesis 1, the very first chapter of your Bible. God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Verse 27. Yeah, I said, I said 28, I meant 26. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So that's the, that's the background echo of the image of God in people. Right. Which becomes the upstream truth of expressing the image of God most perfectly expressed into creation in the person of Christ, right. which is the theme of Colossians 1. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you said images, like I'm, I'm going back a minute here. So then you said images come up again, but all of a sudden it's prohibition. Yeah. Just just do a Bible search on the word image in the book of Deuteronomy or the book of Leviticus. <laughs> um, I, I, I confess I didn't do that, so I'm not going to sit here and do a, a, a right. know, awkward real-time fumble through my Bible. Gotcha. But the prohibition, the, 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 very, the very top of the Ten Commandments is a, is a prohibition against, um, I think, commandment number two, don't make an image. Yep. Um, and, and it's... it's an echo, again, of this Genesis 1 dynamic. You who are the image bearers are not empowered to be image imparters. Right. No business doing that. Um, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this. When we then begin to understand how image is 
portrayed and, and woven all through the Old Testament, oh. and then we sum it with what's in Colossians. How can this, how does that affect our reading of Colossians? Can it affect our reading of Colossians? Yeah, it can. Um, the, the image of God in Christ is realized reality, right? There's, there's, right. No, there's nothing further that need be done for, for Jesus the Messiah to, to be the image of God expressed into creation. Right. You, you and I were messed up by the fall, and we've piled on the mess-ups with our own sin, but we've been redeemed if we are a follower of Christ. Right. And there, there, is, there is the future reality that we will see him as he is from yep. 1 Corinthians, and there is the ongoing sanctification process where because of the new birth— our growing into the image of Christ is 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 happening. Uh, the the encouragement of Colossians three. Uh, well, that's First John three. No wonder that didn't look familiar at all. <laughs> Man, Nathan, my glasses as I digress and flip pages. Uh, are quadrifocal progressives. Okay. A lot of guys have bifocal progressives. Mine go through four different focus points, which means I can't read anything without doing all kinds of weird head posturing <laughs> and hoping that in all circumstances I have more light than I've got. There's okay. never enough light for me to see well. Uh, there it is, Colossians 3.10. Uh, by the way, I have brilliant eye doctors who designed all that, and shout out to my eye doctor. But okay. anyway... Um, <laughs> It's God's grace. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In any other in any other epic of human history, I'd be sitting beside the side of the road with a cup, begging alms, <laughs> um, and I'm not, and I'm glad. Um, the paragraph in which the the image occurs the second time, this idea of the icon occurs mm -hmm. the second time in Colossians is in chapter three. And there is, a, there is an encouragement that opens the paragraph, verse 5. And, and, of course, there's a much larger context flow, but we can jump in at the start of a paragraph. Yep. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, so don't have anything to do with these. Put them to death. Treat them mercilessly in yourself. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. And then he keeps listing. Anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. The, the reality of the new birth has happened. New creature transformation has happened. Now get on with expressing it. And lest you need some guidance on what that looks like, start ejecting these things and eject them like you mean it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of force in the verbs that he's using, like, you know, put off and put away. And the prohibitions are very, very strong. Um, you've put on the new self. You've put off the old self with its practices, verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. In chapter one, Christ is the realized image of God. In chapter three, we are to be growing into what grace has given us, yeah. the capacity to reflect 
once again, the image of God, to be that little us scale that represents the vastness of what God is doing and has done for us. Gotcha. So putting on Christ likeness. Well, let me ask you this, because yeah. this has some very, uh, I don't want to say poignant, but I mean, literal applications. Yeah. So when we understand image and we understand image in Colossians, and then we add to that by understanding where it's coming from in the Old Testament, as Paul would have certainly known it. Yeah. Um, how then does that, I'm going to ask both at the same time, how does it affect our theology? Yeah. And how can we start living then in such a, in a God honoring way? You are right to make that one question. Because again, we've talked about this before. Um, at the risk of using theological vocabulary, but wait, this is a theological <laughs> podcast. Orthodoxy, which is right belief, Orthodox Christian. I don't. I don't mean Eastern Orthodoxy, like let's all you know go to Istanbul to go to right. church. But but <laughs> Orthodox belief, yep. And Orthodox practice, Orthodoxy and Orthopraxy are always going to be linked. Living for Jesus is going to have its roots in believing correctly and believing well. And believing well isn't actually happening if it doesn't change how you live. Right. You know, the Christianity is not a body of theory that we intellectually grasp and then move on. It belief and behavior hooked together. Yeah. Realizing that we are image bearers, that we are image bearers as a statement of fact creates both privilege and obligation. Inestimable privilege. I am honored to represent Christ at all times and in all places. Yeah. I am also obligated to represent Christ at all times and in all places with a vocabulary akin to the way Christ represents God the Father into the world. I can't do it as well as he did it, right. but he has opened to me the dynamic of that, that sort of icon representation, that image yeah. bearing from yeah. the vastness of a infinite and incomprehensible God to the person of Christ on the cross by his grace to Nathan and Russell, yep. which is strong um, encouragement <laughs> for holy living. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's quite, yeah, it's unique just as you're talking, just I'm kind of thinking it's unique. So at the moment of, you know, our justification, we become image bearers. We become image, we, we become this, we become a new creature. Second yep. Corinthians, we've been there for a while on Sunday mornings as we are recording this. Yep. Um, balancing and understanding those, those fact statements, yep. the what we are statements, um, gives us context and framework when we deal with the what we ought to do statements. Right. Uh, for new believers. If, if we skip to what we are and get to right, right to what we ought to do, what we're doing is coaching behavior. And Christianity is just one more self-help movement. Right. Uh, <clears throat> not, far, not far away from 10 steps to legalism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or you know, uh, on, on, a, on a recent Wednesday evening, we talked about ex-Christians. Right. Well, the realm of ex-Christians is the realm of people who took on all of the what we do of Christianity yep. and never experienced the what we are. Yep. And the what we do without the what they are burned them all the way out. And now they're out there angrily saying Christianity is empty. 
Joyless works. Joyless works yeah. in that sense. Gulp. <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah. Because I would not want to deal with the behavioral ethic of Christianity apart from knowing Jesus. Not only would it not be possible, I'd have no motive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, Russell, and, and helping uh, myself and our listeners to understand My joy. Uh, this idea of image and image bearing. Uh, and what a joy it is as a uh, believer to know that we are image bearers. We are. We get to be. We have to be. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time. To our friends that are listening, we trust you will let the word of Christ dwell in you richly this week. No matter how you are getting this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment or review. It really helps us out. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to knowthewordpodcast.com for all the details. Thanks for listening. Thank you.